Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your dashing, daring, debonair. Was drunk the other day, but not drunk now. Uh, dangerous, daunting, dealing, dunking, dastardly, dancing, dainty, defiant, debutante, delightful, donut, okay, I'm out, host, Kellen Conley. It is a cold day in Morgantown. It's 37 degrees currently. It was in the teens this morning. There was a two-hour delay this morning. Shout out to Ivy for coming to get Aaliyah and take her to school so your boy could get to work and the wife could get to work. She only had an hour delay. But it's cold. Cold November. Not November rain, November snow. We got our first snowfall of the season yesterday. Woohoo! Supposed to be warming up. That's your Morgantown, West Virginia weather report. Uh, so, full disclosure, I tried to record this episode on Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Work Coffee and Starbucks Creamer, Caramel Macchiato, Caramel Macchiato Creamer. The work coffee is not that good, but I'm making do. And then I couldn't eat up my cup because it's in a stainless steel cup. So I figured that was a bad idea with the microwave. But full disclosure, I started this on Sunday. I had a little time. Angel took Aaliyah to a birthday party. I had a little time. And I thought I had time to go get a few beers, watch a little football, and then record a podcast. And I was wrong. Because as soon as I get into the meat of the podcast... Essentially, I was summoned home. I wasn't summoned home, but something told me, you need to be home. <laughs> so I just shut it down and I went home. So second attempt, this should have been done a while ago. I missed Sundays. Um, I missed the Sunday pod. My apologies to those of you who are out there waiting on it, but we're here now. Episode 132. Let's go. As always, Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group. Morgantown, West Virginia based, yeah, a Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com. And then also by Mark Rob, the Mark Rob.wordpress.com. Again, that's the M A R C R O B.wordpress.com. Written by my semi regular co host, Marcus Showing Mad Love Robinson. What up, though, Marcus? I'm back. I'm 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 on the mic. Check out his writing, y'all. He's got some good stuff on there. Uh, tons and tons of good writing from the past. And if you really want to take a deep dive, I believe his Tumblr is called Mad Love M A D L O V Tumblr.com. He's got some writing on there, so you can check it out too. Check out his eclectic taste, because my man is a tastemaker, the thought father. Okay. So now with the pleasantries out the way, I figured we'd celebrate a couple of anniversaries here. Because you know, Hyphen Nation loves a good anniversary. And there's been two anniversaries that's passed recently. So we're going to start with the oldest one. And then we'll work our way up to the most recent one. The one that's coming up in just mere days. So... On August 30th, 1994, stop me if you've heard this before, 
But I mean, I guess I don't want you to stop the whole podcast. But I mean, if you do, that's fine. But stop me if you heard this before. But I am a fan of Boys the Men. And not just Boys the Men in general. Because, yeah, I'm a fan of Boys the Men in general. Because, I mean, me and Angel went to a concert this summer. It was dope. It was cold and rainy. But the concert was dope in Baltimore. Now, for the record, Boys the Men has always just been one of my favorite musical acts. Um, Motown Philly came out in 91. I love that immediately. Um, of course, they followed that up with um, So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Um, Please Don't Go was on the radio. And then, of course, they came out with the monster mega hit that was Into the Road. And for those of you that's interested, there's an episode called Cooley H.Y. Harmony where I discuss the Best Boys and Men song. And Into the Road is number two. And I talk myself out of making End of the Road number one. It's a really good, it's a really good segment. I, I have to give myself a pat on the back for that one. So I went back and re-listened to it recently and that I enjoyed it very much. So go check that out. I want to say it's episode 56. Let's see how good I am. I said 56. I don't need that. I want my want my podcast app. Let's see what it is. It's probably 57. Here we go. And the answer to the question, which is episode Cooley H.Y. Harmony? It's 58. So I was wrong. 156 or 57. 58 is where I named the best Boys and Men song, but I, I was a big Boys and Men fan. And so let me turn down this, this radio. Y'all can hear my aux hissing in the background probably. And so because I was such a big Boys and Men fan, when their new song hit radio, in 1994. And just for the record, that song hit in July of 1994. I was going nuts for it, as appropriate as I could for being a 11-year-old boy. <laughs> I'll make love to you. Monster hit, out the box, heard that song, like, yo, this song's dope. Boys and Men, I mean, they're talking, the funny thing is, the first album, I mean, they had a song called Uh, Ah, so they were talking about sex. And in this one, they're still like, we're going to do a little bit more grown-up version of Uh, Ah, and we'll give you, I'll make love to you. But then we're going to take it up a whole nother level and teach all y'all youngins about making love. So anyway, <laughs> the, this song came out in July that year. I was a big fan. And I don't know when, I don't know why or how, but at some point, my dad purchased this album. And the sad thing about that is my dad purchased the album. And, you know, it, it was it was cool. I was like, oh, man, we got Boys and Men, too. I'm super excited to uh, check this out and see what is what. All those things, you know. So I had the CD and, you know, I was like man, I can't wait to listen to this. And so I try to take the CD out. And mind you, we'd only had a CD player at this point. So it was about two years we had a CD player. So I, I, I knew my way around a few CDs. I knew how delicate they were and you're supposed to handle a certain way. Like we used to handle CDs like way, like they were glass. That's how I was taught. It was the funny thing. So... When you had a CD, I mean, you're like, you got to the sides, you can't put a fingerprint on it, you'll ruin it, you'll skip it, 
all this stuff. And now I think about how CDs are treated and they still play. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, when CDs are actually around, you know, that kind of thing. I got Boys the Men 2 out one day and I was like, I want to listen to the CD. And I pulled it from the sides of the case and try as I might, that CD would not come out of the case. Now, for those of you who actually, uh, you know, who actually have experience with CD cases and jewel cases, there are some cases, like they're all different. Some of them, they can't hold a CD worth a damn. Like the real early ones, they the teeth would fall out and the CD would fall down and stuff and be falling out the case when you open it and then your CD get all banged up and stuff. That was a problem. Uh, they they would The teeth would slowly start to fall out so your CD wouldn't stay in. And then there were those cases that were perfect that would hold the CD nicely and you pulled up on the CD and it came out and never had a problem with it. Last few years and years. And then the, there was the Boys of Men 2 case. So however it was designed in 1994 when this CD came out, it was designed to grip the center of the CD to make sure it stayed in there. It was a really well done case. The problem is you had to be smarter than the case. And as an 11 year old boy, I was not smart enough to open the case. I'm sad to report. I'm not even kidding. So yeah, um, I didn't actually probably get to listen to the whole Boys the Men 2 album until 1995 when I finally realized if I stuck my finger in in the little hole of the CD and then pulled on the CD, it would come out nice and easy. Because I was too ashamed to ask my father. I was like, yo, uh, I didn't want to say, hey, dad, I can't get this CD out, you know. But I, so I deprived myself of this CD for however many months we had it before I finally got it open. But when I got it open, it was on. It was so much on, man. Hey, hey, yeah, you. You like comic books, anime, and stuff? Sure you do. Who the hell doesn't? And that's why you should listen to a podcast called Fresh. It's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you. So do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Trust me, we're everywhere. So don't forget, it's a podcast called Fresh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and anywhere podcasts are casted. What kind of forever? So I'm just going to do like a a little recap of Boys the Men 2 on its 25th anniversary. Like I said, the album was released in August, but, you know, um, it was a very influential album. It influences me to this day. One of my favorite albums ever influenced me as an R&B artist (laughs) and as a rapper a little bit, you know. Uh, So story time. I used to be in a little little R&B group in um, elementary school because what had happened was it was New Year's Eve, 1994, and all the adults were on the other side of the house partying, and I was on my side by myself listening to music. And then I was like, you know what? I can sing a little bit, and I could sing a little bit. I can still sing a little bit, but I used to be able to sing way better, you know, uh, even as a child. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to write me a song. So I was listening to my dad's Blood, Sweat, and Tears album. It was the greatest hits. And I was listening to a song called I'll Love You More Than I Ever Know. Beautiful song. Check it out. 
I don't know if it's in streaming, but here's the first recommendation. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Greatest Hits. He got it from Ear Food, and it's an incredible album. So anyway, I decided, I'm going to write me a song. And so my, my genius 11-year-old self wrote a song called I Love You More Than I Ever Know. I didn't copy the lyrics word for word, but I literally wrote this song, and it was the first song that I ever wrote. And then my next big idea was, I'm going to start an R&B group with my two white friends who can't sing at my, at my tiny town in Cadenbridge, West Virginia. And the group name was called Dreams. So it was me and my friend Jesse Murphy and another friend of mine, Josh Tharp. And yeah, we were this group and supposed to be singing. I can't remember if Jesse could sing. I don't think Josh could sing. And we, I was writing songs for the group and everything. And it just never happened for some reason, probably because I was the only one who really cared. <laughs> so, yeah. This album had a big influence on my early R&B days in my little boy band called Dreams from 1995. <laughs> I can still see the picture I drew of us. Like, it was us, uh, the three of us, and I was the lead singer, of course, and then I drew them. It was really bad. I could never draw people that well. So so that was a whole, a whole thing, so to speak. So, boys the men too, man. I'll Make Love to You had already came out. It was Monster on the Radio. But the very first thing you hear when you turn on that, turn on uh, the album, too, is Thank You. And you already knew that they were good acapellas and things like that. And you also knew that they, the, the, the guys could sing. Nate, Mike, Sean, Wanye, they could all sing. That was never an issue. And when you turned on two, though, the very first thing you hear is thank you. And that song goes so hard to this day. And it's like, I was young, pop, and didn't have nowhere to run. I needed to wake up and see what's in front of me. Na, na, na. Man, let, let me tell you. It, it's amazing. Yeah, Thank You is the album opener. It's all acapella. And it's it's just such an amazing piece of work by by the four. I mean, it, it's because when you, I don't know, when you get got the two album, I imagine, I mean, you knew Boys the Men could get funky. I mean, they had already done, um, they, they had already put out um, Motown Philly. So so you knew that they knew how to rock. You, you, you knew that, right? But but let me just play you real quick. J- just a sample of how hard this joint goes, man. It's it's insane how good this is. Here we go. Shout out to Spotify. Here we go. Let's get it. See, I just sang that part. All acapella. I know it sounds like there's drums. I know it sounds like there's bass. Mike is the bass. 
And I'm pretty sure that Nate or Sean is doing the, the kick. That joint just goes so hard. It just sets the album off so nicely, man. And as, as you can hear, that joint still is nice to this day. It, it's super dope. Um, the amazing thing about this album to me is its cohesiveness. It's a short album. It's, on, it's only 13 tracks. There is a bonus song called Fallen, which I do not know if I've actually heard that bonus song at this point. The r- whole album runtime is 57 minutes, so it comes in just under 60 minutes on the tape. And I used to, I used to have a Walkman. It was the '90s. I didn't have a Discman, uh, so I would make copies of this album constantly because I'd be, I'd lose them. They would break, you know. And and then I would play it, and like it, it even on a 60-minute tape, like even with like uh, the gaps and stuff, it came out perfect like the very last note was and yesterday is gone yeah just like that the structure of how this album was put together is amazing and let let me just give y'all the murderer's row of who worked on this album okay so thank you was produced by dallas austin we're going to get to him more of him a little bit later all around the world underrated where they're literally thanking the fans and they've been on world tours at this point and stuff like that and thinking fans all around the world. Underrated, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. You know another underrated song, Tim and Bob. And when I think Tim and Bob, I think uh, uh, Bobby Valentino. Slow down, I just want to get to know you. Yeah, that one. Uh, Tim and Bob, worked with them real early. I don't even know how long Tim and Bob's been around, but I heard Tim and Bob until... Uh, Bobby Valentino was out. It was like 2005. Vibin', vibin' is mm, like the remix is dope. But bro, bro, let let me just say, I'm just gonna talk over this joint. Like, boys and men, everybody thinks ballads, 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 and they and since they become a trio, since Mike had to retire, they have really defined, redefined themselves into being this. This band that can cover every, everything, and I'm sure they could do that before. Like, when I went to see them in concert, they covered, like, they were covering Lenny Kravitz. They were covering, um, they covered Brick House. So there's nothing that they won't do, man. But they know how to, I mean, come on, right there. Layback, swing, day. That shit, um, come on. I'm biased, obviously. But I mean that's nice. Let me shut up for a second. And let you let you get to this hook, because here we go. Here comes the bridge. Oops, see, I messed it up. Um, let and then let me just see real quick, because this gets absolutely no love. I just want to see if it's on there. I ain't heard the joint in so long. They had a remix of Vibin', which was super dope as well. Let, let me just search Vibin' Remix real quick. And it had, like, Meth and Busta on it, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, here we go. Candy. 
Yeah, this ain't Eric Sermon. This is Give Eric Sermon remixes. Fantastic, theatrical, dramatical, bringing pain plus work and change. Yeah, hey, it's Eric Sermon with the um. My sound is high bias. Got the death squad, I went and tried this. Check the mixes, my sound is wicked like three sixes. Harmony stack vocals on boys that mid spinning like the wheels on my black 500 S TVs in the headrest. Who flexed the best? No question. I'm the nook. Believe what you heard. I sat down thinking vibing, boy. That's my word. Yeah. My style is all the way live And believe is this it? like it's caught 45 Nah, this can't be it You can be on the bend the knee to the end of the road It might be it The pumps vibe in your soul And I ain't even gotta talk about how I'm living With E.D. and boys the men Turning little girls to women From the mid to the physical I get in you Let's keep it real and bring your homegirls for the death squad crew I've been all around this the world This is Redman and Keith Murray Take this all the And Eric Sermon Give it to your family It's the same the way I trap rappers up in my brain And drive them all batty like Bruce Wayne, I'll be spackling and tackling and see to the mat like Rob Backlin. Just vibes. Yeah, this must be different because the one I'm thinking of is let me go to YouTube real quick. Uh, Robin Remix, Boys the Men. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, here's the one I was thinking of. Here we go. Boys the Men, Tretch, Craig Mack, Buster Rhymes, and Method Man vibing. Stretches in a boxing ring. The boys the men, obviously. Sean's box is out of control. This is the one I'm thinking of. Wanye's shirt is so tight. R.I.P. Craig Mack, man. That's the one I'm thinking of. But the original vibing, to get back to the point, is super ill in its own right, man. And then, and so you get from there. And then, and then they're like, all right, cool. Let's give them a little bit of that balance shit that they're here for. Okay. So you get I Sit Away. I Sit Away, to this day, is a song that I go to when I need a moment, man. Let me turn it down a little bit. Because I Sit Away, I mean, uh, essentially, he's they're talking about loneliness and being alone and stuff. As someone who deals with off and on depression, which I'm currently fighting right now, by the way, I'm okay. I mean, it's just some real shit, man. Man can't cry to be lonely. Who says a man can't tend to be bored? It's still up-tempo, though, is the cool thing. So it's like, okay, um, we, we've been doing all these up-tempo songs. Let's give them a medium-tempo joint where the guys can really sing and kind of show off what they're doing. Without getting, without breaking the rhythm of the album. So we haven't even got to any singles yet, by the way, because going back to the singles real quick, um, yeah, Thank You wasn't released on February 7, 1995 as a single. So if you're listening to the album, 
for the first time, you haven't even got to the singles. I've always said when it comes to an album, when the singles are up front on an album, it's a bad sign that either the label didn't trust the artist enough to, or not the label, or maybe the label, that the music that goes that's on the rest of the album isn't strong enough to carry it, so that's why they put it early, so that people were like, I'll go ahead and buy this album because the song I want to hear is track four, and then I'll see what the rest is about versus it being track 11. I always feel like it's a sign of a weaker album when a single is early in an album. And now all that's out the window because singles and stuff really don't matter. And then sometimes, you know, artists just that confidence like, well, I got all these other bangers. So I'm going to throw this out here. That happens too. But I always feel my personal opinion is the further a single uh, is away from the beginning of the album, the better. Then you get Jezebel, another underrated jam. Creepy as fuck. Because <laughs> essentially Jezebel is all about. I saw you on a Sunday afternoon riding the B train. Yeah, I was cooling on the B train. So literally, he sees his girl on a, on a train and he kicks game to her. And, and then, you know, he's immediately, he's totally into her, all this stuff. It's a little creepy though. It's like, I just met you on the train. And then the stuff that they're saying in the song is like a little, little strong. Coming on a little strong, but you know what? The song works. Even creepier song, though, Girl in the Life magazine on Evolution. Uh, yeah. I fell in love with the girl in the picture that I used to keep. Now, that song was about, literally, homeboy saw a picture in a, 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 in a, in a magazine, and he's infatuated with her. So he, he kept the picture and is always thinking of this girl and eventually meets her in real life, and they, and they end up together. It's super creepy. Beautiful song, though. Super creepy. So you get Jezebel, and Jezebel, the way it ends, let me just give you the sample how it ends so you can, so I can kind of bring you into it. Three and four, one and two. So it's here, all it's up tempo. Real jazzy. Piano keys. And this is this is track six of the album. So this is six songs of up-tempo dancing, good mood music, you know, not too many ballads. I sit away is kind of a ballad, but it still was up-tempo. Now listen. Now it's just going to keys. She got the bass. Completely comes down to nothing. And then they start singing the Khalil interview inter, interlude, which is about their manager Khalil Roundtree, I believe. Yeah, their manager Khalil Roundtree, who uh, passed away like within the first year of their album being out or something. And when this interlude hits, the interlude's only a minute 41 seconds. It changes everything. By the way, Jezebel was produced by the characters. Never heard of them. Shout out to them. Khalil was also Tim and Bob. But Khalil is, it has the piano in it. But then it's just straight vocals. And it completely 
I don't want to say Flatlands album, but as Jezebel smoothed out into nothing from all the up-tempo, Khalil levels things out, so it's like, okay, now we're going to switch things up. And you get to Trying Times. Trying Times is a straight ballad. Straight ballad. Tim and Bob, Wanye Morris, killed it. Like, and, and trying, to, trying Times wasn't even a single, but Trying Times is like just about, you know, no matter what, baby, we can get through it together, you know, and it, it's also a real shit song, man. It's it's a song that doesn't get addressed enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody like, oh, I'm in love. I'm not in love. Love sucks. I'm in love with you. Check me out, you know, but it, for 11 year old me, it's like this song is about staying together and making things work and doing what you have to do in your everyday struggle of life. That's how I've always taken trying times. And then, and then, it's on, okay? Because number nine is I'll make love to you. Babyface, jam. Four minutes, seven seconds, masterpiece. Top to bottom, perfect. No doubt about it. And, and then the crazy thing is, when Bended Knee came out as a single in November, so there was some people who had heard on Bended Knee by the time they heard too. I had heard on Bended Knee. I loved on Bended Knee. On Bended Knee is my number one Boys to Men song of all time. Over End of the Road. Listen to episode 58 to find out why. On Bended Knee is beautiful. Baby, come back. It's got all those elements. I messed up. God, give me a reason. I'm begging. I'm pleading. Please come back to me. That key change. The vocals, it's perfect. So the, so I know I just said it looks bad when you guys push singles at the beginning of the album. But when you can wait till track nine, excuse me, track nine of a 13-song album, to put these two back to back, I'll make love to you on bended knee. Like that is seriously too. That's a hard right and a hard left from Tyson in his prom right there. It, it's over. Like this album could end right here. It doesn't need anything else. It's still a classic album. Still sells all the copies that it sold. Let me see. Can, can I, can I get, here we go in America. 12 million copies in America. It's diamond. Deservedly so. It would still be diamond if the album stopped right there. You with me? Okay. And then... And that's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, by the way. Tim and Bob come back one more time. One more again. Shout out to Tim and Bob for all their hard work. They're like, you know what? We need a real sexy slow jam. Because... Ah, wasn't quite it. And I'll make love to you while that is very sexy. It's also very formal. It's almost like, will you go to the prom? Will you go to the prom with me? We will have some fun. I'll get you a corsage. Like that kind of stuff. 50 Candles is like fucking Mike's rap alone. Come and get this. Waited all my life for your touch and your soft kiss, and life will never be the same. While you moan and groan, I hear your voice call my name. 
holding your body like a plastic mold and you so I'll be controlling as the candles burn we toss in a turn uh from night to day all our pleasures we learn come and play with me and he's like yeah come play with me baby like yo another song that's all young hyphen about fucking <laughs> I'm sorry it did. I was like, dang, that's how it's done. And now you kids today are humping the young thug. So whatever. Whatever. What do I know? <laughs> I was so glad I didn't get to keep the other take from the other day. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we have this other powerhouse single that we just kind of threw out there in April. Uh, another solid uh, Babyface production. Babyface is only on his joint twice. L.A. Reid did I Sit Away and Tony Rich. Tony Rich Project. Babyface comes back with Water Runs Dry. He's like, let me give you all some little, a little something that's more upbeat. But, uh, you know, lo- like this sounds like a Babyface song. I'll Make Love to You. I, I just can't hear Babyface singing that. I can hear Babyface singing, We don't need to talk anymore. I'd love to hear him cover that. I wonder if he has somewhere. He he killed Water Runs Dry sounds like a babyface record all day. And he just gave it the boys and men. Another classic. 322 in and out. Easy. Easy money. Video in the desert. Spend that money, Motown. And then everything wraps up quite nicely with yesterday. I had never heard the original Yesterday by the Beatles. Paul McCartney and John Lennon, obviously. And it's an acapella song. It ends the album. And it's, um, I think the Boys and Men version is better than the Beatles version. John and Paul wrote the lyrics, but yeah, I mean, John and Paul wrote the lyrics, but man, just something about the way they put it together. And I remember when I was in jazz singers in college, I had, we were doing, we were doing a Beatles uh, melody and there was a solo for yesterday. That solo, I sang it the way that they, the boys and men sang it and I got it. Happy 25 years, boys and men too. 25 more, you're going to last longer than me. First recommendation today, boys and men too. To this day, this album still makes me smile from start to finish. Give it up for Mike, Sean, and Juan. Yay! But wait, there's more. That's right. So, here very soon on November 15th, will be the 25th anniversary of the second studio album by a girl group from Atlanta, Georgia. Bulldogging like Georgetown Hoyas. Okay. Their first album was released in 1992. Oh, on the TLC tip. They tried to go back in the studio in 1993. I don't know why I had a dramatic pause. 
course, there was issues with Left Eye, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and her boyfriend Andre Risen, and there being a big old fire. That whole thing happened. That actually happened. Yeah, that that was in that was in a early '94 when all that happened. But she was also struggling drinking. And then also, Chili became pregnant with her first child. And the child was fathered by none other than Dallas Austin. Just FYI. (laughs) Producer who had produced a huge majority of their debut album. Ooh, on a TLC tip. Like, he's the third producer listed. After Babyface and L.A. Reid. He had done so much of the album. In fact, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. So five out of 15 songs had Dallas Austin credits as producer. Um, And that's not even talking about... Well, I guess it's about the same for the writing. But yeah, Chili had a baby by Dallas Austin. Left Eye's out there getting uh, in a high-profile relationship with Andre Risen, struggling with drinking. So the recording sessions in 93 don't produce anything. And then TL and then Tion T-Boz is constantly fighting with her sickle cell anemia. Anyway, in case you didn't know, I'm talking about TLC. T-Boz left eye chili. In 1994, they released Crazy Sexy Cool, November the 15th. And this album, as much as I love 2, and I just gushed about 2 for 30 plus minutes, I have to say this album may be better only because... There is no cap on what TLC was able to do in their prom. And their prom, of course, was from essentially from here through the fan mail era. So from 94 until 2000, anything TLC touched turned to gold. I mean, and that's not taking away what they did on the first album. But the first album, I mean, t Boz and Left Eye have been friends already. They brought in Chili. They all got to know each other. You know, it's a learning process. Your first album being recorded. Not to mention the label struggles that they, they had to go through. Um, that they Because they went through issues with dealing with Pebbles and everything they did with Pepitone. And then after this album, after Crazy Sexy Cool, then they would go through with LaFace and Arista because they still were broke as hell. If you remember the, behind the music, when Left Eye's listening listing how they're broke let's see if we can go to the audio tape real quick left eye behind the music let me see left eye breaks it down here we go trust me you can sell 10 million albums and be broke if you have greedy people behind you all right this is how a group can sell 10 million records and be broke and everyone get ready to do your math when we first started out we were kind of cocky. Okay, there are 100 points on the album. TLC had seven. Every point is equal to eight cents. All right? Seven times eight, 56 cents. But as time went on, we learned a lot. That means every time an album gets sold, TLC gets 56 cents. 
sell 10 million records, $5.6 million. Seems like a lot of money. Well, it's not a lot of money when the record company has spent $3 million to record your album. And in the record business, we pay all costs back to the record company. We pay recording costs, video costs. So now we have $2.6 million left. Well, guess what? When you have that much money, you're in about the 47, 48.9% tax bracket. So that immediately gets deducted to $1.3 million. Then you split the rest three ways. You got about $300,000 a piece. Is that much? Okay? $300,000. I can buy a nice house with that. And what am I going to pay my bills with? Yeah, so they were broke. They were broke. Just just so y'all know. And and that wasn't even shady deals. It, I mean it was it was a bad deal. It wasn't the Pepitone deal cuz that was awful. But we're not getting into all that, man. Um It's a crazy sexy cool. Might be a better album. It might just be a better album than two. And like I said, there's no cap, no limits of what TLC can do. So while Left Eye's input was limited due to her struggles, she did manage to get some raps in on like three tracks, I believe. That's off the top of the head. Let me check. Let me check. Because, of course, there's waterfalls. We know that. Um... Oh, stop it. Every time I use my phone, I... Shh. All right, so let's see. So Waterfalls had a, had a left eye rap. Something Wicked This Way Comes had a left eye rap. Featuring Dre from Outkast. Andre 3000. Yeah, Andre 3000 was on this album. This is like before ATLian's Cadillac Southern Playlistic Music. Dre of Outkast. Yeah. And then you can't forget about Kick Your Game. I think she had two verses on that joint. Okay? You with me? Okay. Here we go. They put the album together. The lead single is Creep. Creep hits radio October 31st, 1994. A month before the album actually drops. And this record is everywhere, man. Everywhere. All over the music video channels. And then they come right back and hit you a red light special February 21st. Then Waterfalls, the massive hit, February 29th, 95. And then they come back with a nice smooth digging on you on October 31st. A whole year at whole year later. Here's our fourth single. The crazy sexy cool, okay? so I first heard this album when I went to go visit my mom Barbara because back then I I lived in Cape Bridge with Bonnie and dad and then I would go visit my mom on the weekends and she had gotten this tape and was playing it all the time and I knew Creep and I, I I don't know if I knew Red Light Special yet I've, actually, I've, I I can't place it, but I'm going to say it's early 95 when I heard this album in its entirety. And then I think I ended up getting the album mid-95. 
myself. And even as a kid, as a 12-year-old, again, I was like, man, this album is just so good. And this was my first real experience with a girl group, to be completely honest with you, because I my tastes were I was developing my musical taste then. Like back then I listened to Belbiv DeVoe, New Edition, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, whatever was on the radio, you know, so I didn't really have a lot of exposure. But TLC was my first real exposure that I recall to a girl group like this. And I was floored by how dope they were. And the thing that really makes Crazy Sexy Cool and separates it away from two is the fact the album is such an Atlanta album. It's a hip-hop album. It's a rap album. It's a pop album. It's an R&B album. All those influences come into play on this album. Like, the very first... The, the way it comes in, this this is in the era of the interludes, of the skits. So let me just look. So the, the interlude, track one, only 60 seconds, 60, a minute, six, a minute and three seconds, has Fife Dog on it, Tribe Called Quest. Just talking shit. I'm not talking shit, just rapping. I don't know, God, I don't know, God, I don't know, God, I don't really, really know. Check the flow. Crazy. Sexy. Cool. I'm just going to let it go. Oh, God, G. I don't know, God, I don't know, God, I don't know, God, I don't really, really know. Limited exposure to Fife at this point. My man, I'll be sure he's in no sex mode. Used to have a brush on door from Envo. It's not like many people want to get with me. But just in case I want more condoms than TLC. Uh, speaking of which... You know how I troop Late Thursday night Playing bullet Run and shoot I see my girl Jilly in her Lexus coupe Sitting pretty Ooh In that hot pink suit And bam and Stop it right there It's the lovely T. Boz With the haircut First exposure to fight No tribe experience At this point This is 95 for me I have no tribe Called quiz experience None No clue who Fife is I'd heard tribe Called quest But I, there was no No recognition on my point they had Fife one of the hottest rap acts in the world hip hop acts opening their second album shout out to Jermaine Dupri too man I don't know how people feel about Jermaine Dupri but the stuff Jermaine Dupri did in the 90s with a lot of freaking acts was incredible and I was just like I was with Diddy man I was one of the few JD fans, man. Life in 1472. I can spit that whole album right back at you. No problem. Start to finish. Love Life in 1472. Never listened to another Jermaine Dupri album, but Life in 1472, that was my shit. So from there, as we get get into it, Creep is the first song. So now it's like, oh no. I just said all that stuff about, about, um, it's not good for your uh, lead single to uh, be the first song on your album unless the rest of the album is fucking fire. Prime example. 
Crazy sexy cool. Prime example. Creep is a monster hit. Shout out to everybody. Um, well, not really shout out to everybody. Shout out to Atlanta last year when they had the pajama jam. And then they had the outtake where they had Al. They had um, uh, a paper boy. Alfred, right? Yeah. And and then, um, um, and, uh, damn, I forgot all those niggas' names. Earn and Paperboy and Darius doing the TLC creep reenactment joint. Out that was fucking dope. Wish they would put in the show, but seeing it on Instagram made my life. Creep is still a monster song, man. I don't even need to play you creep. When you hear the word creep, you think of two things. You think of either God, I think I'm gonna get it wrong. Okay, it is Radiohead. Yes, Podcasting 101. You think of either Radiohead or you think of TLC. Or you think about the Prince cover of Radiohead. I don't always, but that's just what popped in my head. And then, this is is how they do it from here. Kick your game. Kick your game is essentially... We're out, we're about, we're at a party, we're at a club, you know, we're checking each other out. What's up? I'm going to go approach you, you know. Left Eye plays multiple roles in this song, I believe. No, Left Eye didn't play multiple roles. She, like, hold on. Left Eye plays the dude, the dude's verse, plays the dude side of the verse, and... Hold on. Let's just listen to the verse. I wish we got a left eye solo album. I wish. A nigga that followed you to the coat rack. <laughs> Underrated lyricist, man. Troubled soul. R.I.P. Left Eye, man. But kick your game, man. Is is is, is you you hear it, man? That. By the way, Dallas Austin produced Creep. Jermaine Dupree and I guess there was a seal sample in there for Kick Your Game. Babyface digging on you. Dallas Austin, case of fake people. Chucky Thompson, Sean Combs did the crazy, sexy, cool interlude. Babyface, Red Light Special. Organized Noise on Waterfalls. That's right. Babyface and John John on Let's Do It Again. If I Was Your Girlfriend, Combs, Thompson, Austin, originally done by Prince. Uh, sexy interlude, Thompson, Combs, Take Our Time, Austin and Hennings. Uh, can I get a witness interlude? Chucky Thompson and Sean Combs switch. Jermaine Dupree, uh, Seal again. What is Seal? Why does he keep getting Seal credits? That's interesting. Some Wicked This Way comes organized noise. Murderers Row of producers, bro. Murderers Row. 
Just want to point that out, okay? But kick your game. It's just, I mean, after Creep, man, it's a nice little chill joint, you know? It's like, I can bop to this, you know? Creep was just someone I don't need to be going all out. Don't make it all crazy. And then Babyface is like, let me smooth this out for you real quick. Bing! Bing, ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I will say, I don't think I ever needed a T-Boz solo album and maybe not even a, 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 an actual Chili solo album. Because you got so much of them vocally on TLC records, because Left Eye wasn't a solo singer. She did some background vocals, did some hooks and stuff, I believe. Kind of like like Mike Biv and and uh, and uh, Ron on New Edition. You know, they'd be back there. We, we, we holding the vocal, we holding the note, but we really can't send me back here. You know, Ron was a dancer and Biv was the dancer too, and he had all the swag eventually became the rapper so just saying i don't I, i'm glad we didn't get that i wish we had gotten a left eye solo project somehow and no i never checked out that japan only supernova album that came out i mean obviously they didn't think it was good enough to release in the states so i never went after it. it's out there somewhere if you want to listen to the tl the left eye solo album supernova by i mean it, it's out there I don't know whether it's good or bad. No promises there. Digging on You is a monster, super chill song, beautiful vocals, chilly, T-Boz. T-Boz with that. T-Boz's voice, man. They, they, T-Boz and Chili compliment, compliment each other so well because T-Boz got that real... I was chilling with my Kool-Aid with Miss Chile came to relay. Like, she's right in that fucking pocket, man. And she's just so smooth and chill, man. Like, and, that, and that's the whole thing. Like, because uh, uh, Left Eye is supposed to be the crazy one. T, uh, T-Boz is supposed to be the chill one. And... Or crazy, sexy, cool. Like, Left Eye's supposed to be crazy. Chili, sexy. t boz is the cool one. Um, But, I mean, it, it just she hits that pocket so well. And then when it switched over to Chili, like, Oh, why can't I feel the pain? I do. All I can think about is you. Come on, bro. And in case of the fake people, I... I Again with that. Um. This is just four minutes of raw energy right here. Well, well, at 94, well, well. In your face. Backstab And she's going after that joint, too. A rap cadence with some vocal delicate... Tell a delicateness to it. I decide to say goodbye, goodbye to all the fake people in my life. 
Case of the fake people. As a 36-year-old male compared to the 12-year-old male that I was at the time, there were so many fake people out there that you meet every single day. You got you gotta you gotta mm, get that negativity out of your life. Man. So so far the, this album's just hidden. Hidden. It's like, all right, we give you creep, we give you the big pop song, the big R&B song, the big crossover song, hit you with a little kick your game, you know, a little chill joint, dig it on you, we'll give you the baby face joint, another crossover song that appeals to the older audience. Then we're going to give you a case of the fake people that nobody can front on. That joint just goes hard. And then we get to our second joint, the crazy, sexy, cool interlude. Now, I believe this one is literally... Um, Okay, that's T-Boz talking shit for a minute and 42 seconds. The cool thing about these interludes, they're so well done. You don't mind them and you enjoy listening to them. That's key to skits and interludes. If you were doing the skits and interludes in 2019, they got to be good. They can't be trash. Nobody wants to hear that shit in 2019, man. But in the 90s, man, skits and interludes was a big deal. It was a very big deal. So you get T-Boz talking that fly shit for a little bit. And then it's like Babyface come back through real quick. Babyface, you're like, you know what? I ain't. Li- I mean, I like what I did before. But now let's get real fucking sexy. I'm not even going to play you the lyrics. Just that alone. 30 seconds. You're hooked. You're ready for the next four minutes and 33 seconds. It's going to occur this song. And they kill it. T-Boz and Chili turn in some of the best vocals of their entire career on this song. No joke. This song doesn't get enough respect. It's a monster. You thought what Babyface did for Boys and Men, I'll Make Love to You was dope? He's like, let me get into these hard-ass girls, do a song for these hard-ass girls from Atlanta. I did the little Philly clean shit. Let me go hook up with these Atlanta girls and see what they got. And this is what the fuck they got. Classic. It's after Red Light Special. Remember I talked about sandwiching and how Boys and Men was able to be like, here's I'll Make Love to You, track nine, the song you've been waiting for the whole album. Oh, and here's on Bended Knee, another monster jam right there. Blah. TLC did this shit too. But people, the cool thing about it is the single didn't come out for Waterfalls until May of 95. So that's seven months roughly. This album has just been out and people have been listening to Waterfalls Waterfalls as an album cut and enjoying the song. I can't remember if I, if I first heard it as an album cut or actually on the album. I'm going to say it was probably or a single. I think it was actually a single the first time I heard it. And 
the the positive the the storytelling by T Boz in the verse is dope about the dude with AIDS and the kid lost in the streets. And then <sighs> Left Eye Man. Left Eye. Hall of Fame verse right here. Hall of Fame verse. The cadence, everything perfect. Here we go. Quinn, aka Dr. Harleen Quinzel, here to tell y'all about it. it's like a podcast or whatever. We talk about nerd stuff and life stuff, and if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powie Awards, our 100th episode, Q and Slay, or Theater from Our Butts. <laughs> Have a good day, puddins, and love, trust, and belief. verse the cadence the delivery the swag the bounce that joint moves so well hall of fame verse everything that chili and t and t-boz did to get to that verse was it was like literally them running it was like them running um running a race um the um I don't know what the baton race is called, but when they had the baton, the relay, running the relay. And it's like T-Boz took it at first, and then Chili's on the hooks. And it's like, yo, we got we gotta get it to that. Gotta get it to the main chick. We gotta get it to the, the blazer who's gonna get us out of here. And they give it the, they give it the left eye. She stretches out the lead, makes everything comfortable. People start popping champagne, you know, they got the gold medal sewn up. And then they're like, here, let's give it back to Chili so she can um, sing us out. Another monster sandwich on these two albums. And so it's like, after that, it's like, oh man, it's like, we gotta take a break. Rightfully so, Jermaine Dupree's like, I got you. 42 seconds. Let's reset things. Crazy. This is it. Sexy. 42 seconds. It's crazy, sexy, cool, repeated after. So after you get that mammoth one-two Tyson blow, they're like, hold on, let's 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 bring it back to one. 
I want to cover this song. If I can ever do a clean vocal of it, I'm going to fucking cover this song. So dope. Let's do it again. Written by Babyface. Babyface is in his bed music in 94, 95, bro. 94. It's all you get. Hook, line, and sinker. And then these girls say some shit. Bro, sexy as fuck. Like, I, I, I could literally do a deep dive on YouTube just to see covers of this song if they're out there. I'd love to hear some other people sing Let's Do It Again because I've always loved that song. Incredible record. And so from there, it's like, all right, what else does this album need? What more could Crazy Sexy Cool do? What else should we put on here? Babyface, L.A. Reid, Jermaine Dupree, Dallas Austin. Oh, I know. Let's get Puff Daddy to get them to do a cover of a Prince record. A Prince record that wasn't even barely seven years old at this point. You hear Chili? Chili's already snapping. This is Chili all day. Uh, uh. That's T-Boss. This is T-Boss at probably the top of her range too and she's killing it. You don't bring Prince into a second album by some, I mean, a, a popular band, a girl band, but I mean, this is from some people say Sign of the Times is Prince's best record point blank period. For them to take the risk and be like, hey Prince, we wanna we wanna have the girls cover your song on this album. Are you cool with that? And this is slave era Prince, you know, this is fuck Warner Brothers Prince. This is Prince slightly before he's like starts reeling it back, like, you know, I don't curse and I'm getting religious and you know the phases that Prince went through. This is Prince, artist formerly known as Prince Era. Prince like, yeah, go ahead. Sure, I'll take that check. And they delivered. They delivered is the thing. Anybody can cover a fucking song, but they fucking delivered. And that's why this shit works. Okay. And then they're like, you know what else we need now? Let's bring it back to one again. And this shit is 94 seconds of hilarity. 
because essentially T buys, makes a phone call, and Diddy picks up. You can hear Diddy listen to Craig Mack in the background, and he like she starts kicking that shit like, "Hey, what you got on?" Blah blah blah. And you know, like at first he's like not paying too much attention, but when he realizes she's talking sexy. Sean John's like, "Oh, what's up, girl?" Blah blah blah. She's like, "Blah blah blah." You know, I need this. I need that. She's moaning on the phone, and then she's like, then she's like. <laughs> It's a prank phone call. They put a prank phone call in the middle of a fucking phenomenal album. And that shit's hilarious. Because the whole time you're like, yo, man, she's talking that crazy shit. She's talking, it's like, yo, I need you to come over here and, and hook, hook. I, I, need, I need you. I need you. I need you to come over here and pass me some tissues so I can wipe my ass. Gotcha. Got him. 94 was wild, man. Take Her Time. Now, Take Her Time. Another underrated track, man. Actually, a lot of these aren't underrated. So, Boys and Men had some underrated tracks beginning their album. This is an underrated track because this is coming off of the, the goofiness. And this feels like they were like, all right, we're going to put this on here. We like it. But we don't know what's going to happen with it. Dallas Austin. Hennings. Who's Hennings? Can y'all tell me who Hennings is? Y'all just keep saying Hennings. Manual seal, not seal the dude. Who is Hennings? Arnold Hennings. Dallas Austin. That's just, just, uh, uh, uh. Sexy time all over again. So they float all over this bitch. Do that, they do that that prank Jay's like, oh that's funny. It's like, oh shit, man, this shit's sexy. I'm oh I'm feeling a certain kind of way. Oh damn. And they're like, hold up. We need another interlude. That's right. Oh yes. That's right, this is the last one. One, two, three, four, four skits interludes and an intro lude. And then they get busted rhymes. The year of the coming. This year. And all he does is talk shit and, and left eye drops some adless behind them. But it works because Busted's charismatic. Everybody wants to hear Busted. Like everybody still is feening. I don't know if the coming was out by now, um, but uh, Wuha got you on check. Um, maybe Busted's profile was there. He may have had Wuha out by this point. So he was like, yo, what is Busted doing on a TLZ album? And Busted's just like, yo, Busted Rhymes, you know, kicking it with TLC. And, and then uh, Left Eye's like, cool, cool. And it works. So then they bounce over to Switch. Switch is fine. Very familiar sample. That's Mr. Big Stuff. Uh, let me check my sample. Mr. Big Stuff, G Knight. This would probably be the closest thing to a skippable song on the album. It's not skippable though. Because once the girls get at it, man, once these ladies start taking it over, and then especially once they get the hotel, motel. Holiday, it was they start incorporating all that shit, man. The shit works. It worked. It works for the track number it is, which is it's uh, at this point. This album is longer is uh 
longer than Boys the Men 2. Um, so yeah, there's 16 tracks on here. And this is track 15. And out of the 15 tracks, let's see how many songs we actually gotten. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So there's 11 songs on this 14-track album. 16-track album. Which makes sense. And... It doesn't feel like you're only getting 11 songs. All these songs feel very well thought out and well structured and sequenced well. It feels like you're getting you're getting your money's worth even though you got all this extra stuff in the middle. And then you get through Switch and Switch is cool and like so, so you might think Switch is capable, you might enjoy Switch like I do by the time it's finished. And then something wicked this way comes, man. Remember back in the time when the only side we had was pickets. But now when 94, it be this way, something come wicked. G-A's killing others for color. Things that we wear for fashion. Other brothers take it for a reason. To be blasted. What the cup is going Me and Matt used to talk about this verse all the time. singing that same song. See, y'all stayed across. Because we didn't have the Outcast album yet. your mama trash and groceries to her trunk to keep my pocket. Just what we saw on TV. I say you need to live in that jail one week. Plus them sure of it. And I prayed to God. I should have pulled it when I had the chance. Take a good look in the mirror and tell me, do you like what you see? Like Dre set that shit off so perfect, man. That's an organized noise joint. Left Eye's got a verse on there. Left Eye's been one of the greatest rappers of all time. And it's the perfect album closer because it sums up everything that you just heard. Because it's like I said, the Boys and Men album was just so clean and so Philly. When I made a little joke about Babyface working with the Philly, the clean Philly dudes, and now he's going to work with these. These uh, these uh, Atlanta street girls, you know, these, these girls that are in tune with, not to say Boys and Men wasn't, but I mean, Boys and Men was a cultivated image. I mean, this is what, this is what Motown made them, and Be- and uh, Bev made them, and this is the image they're going for, and they they were never gonna be that, they were never Jodeci. They didn't have to be Jodeci. Jodeci was there for that. So they could be the they could be over here and do dope ass music without having to have that street edge that Jodeci had. TLC was on both lines. I guess the closest thing TLC would be in Vogue, maybe. In Vogue came out in 1990. But In Vogue never had the impact that they had. In Vogue had some songs. But crazy sexy cool was just perfect, man. And then for the album to end like that and be like this hard ass. Southern, and now we know it, that that is a organized noise record, top to bottom. Apparently, CeeLo was singing backgrounds on waterfalls. It was a very Southern album. 
that was put out years before the South movement even ha- started to begin, because that didn't even happen until 2003. 2003, 2004 is when the, the South got something to say, when the South really took over radio and stuff. But it had a lot of flavor from Atlanta, and it went nationwide. And it went so nationwide, in fact. <sighs> 12 times platinum, also diamond. Insanity. Won two Grammys. Boys and Men also won two Grammys. Grammys on Grammys. And this album is the perfect moment in time. I just... It, it's a snapshot of where these three women were in their lives, but also music and where it was going and how it was changing, especially in the South and with the influences of Outkast and Jermaine Dupri and Dallas Austin. Who on the TLC tip had still had several New Jack Swing influences on it, I feel like. It was 91. Even some of Cooley High Harmony had that same New Jack Swing. Both of these albums defined what was going to be accepted musically going forward from these genres. And like they set the bars for if you're not here, then it's not going to work out for you. If I had to put them against each other, I know I said I think I would take Crazy Sexy Cool over two. Two is perfect. There's nothing on two that I would get rid of. The only things on Crazy Sexy Cool that bothers me is it might have too many interludes. The bust interlude, it kind of feels like, do we really need the bust interlude? Um, as cool as that is, may, maybe switch out the bust interlude for the uh, the whispered interlude between waterfalls and let's do it again. This album had so many dope songs. Kick Your Game is kind of suspect too. I like Kick Your Game. I've never had a problem with it, but I can see where some people want to kick that out too. But when I had the Stratus, man, I picked up this album on Black Friday for five bucks. Um, damn, was that 14 or 13 when I got that? Might have been 13 on Black Friday when I got it. And I just rode around listening to that album because remember my Stratus only played actual CDs. It wouldn't play burn CDs in my CD player in the 99 Dodge Stratus. And God, that album just holds up so well. Like I played y'all snippets, but there was times just like those couple albums that I would play back then. It was, and it was, um, oh, Crap, 2020 Experience, had that on the iPad, iPod, uh, Born Center, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, which I feel mad about now. Nah, as I am, which I've always loved, even though it's not the best album. And then this album, man, was listening to that and just, there was days where it wouldn't leave my CD player for weeks. Not days, there was weeks where it just wouldn't leave my CD player. And it would just be constant repeat, constant repeat, because it was just that, that, that damn good (sighs) what would have happened with TLC if um, they had stayed together if Left Eye hadn't passed away tragically 
I know they just released that album not too long ago that they crowdfunded, but I mean, it's only left eye and t boss man. And I know we could be like, well, left eye and t boss made up a lot of the VLC records too, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, Lisa was there, you know? She was a part of that. She was a huge part of the whole process. So, I don't know, man. They, they like, Left Eye was on a spiritual journey anyway when she died in Honduras. Um, but apparently all the girls were in good places when everything happened, man. So, there, we may have gotten that fourth full TLC player, man, or TLC long player, man. Just wasn't in the cards. But I don't know if you'll ever reach the peak TLC powers again, that crazy, sexy, cool, fan mail had. One of the biggest groups in the world when they were together. Male or female. Happy 25th anniversary, ladies. Rest in peace, left eye. Yeah. You've been listening to the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Now, if you want to reach out to the show, you want to tell me you hate Crazy Sexy Cool, we want the TLC tip so much better. How am I not talking about the 20 album boys that been put out again a couple years ago for their 20th year in, in show business? And how dare I say it and not mention it or evolution or or why do I think Ooh, I is, a, is kind of a, a weak record? If you want to discuss any of that, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com. B hyphen at gmail.com. Or at B hyphen on Twitter. The B hyphen on Instagram. Hyphen Universe on Facebook. And am I forgetting something? No. That's it. Or you can go through hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. Hyphen podcast group on Facebook. Hyphen podcast group on Instagram. Hyphen pod group on Twitter. Let me know. Okay. Hyphenation we found wherever podcasts are sold. Find your favorite favorite podcast listening platform. Go get it. If you're on iTunes, give me five stars. Leave a comment, good or bad. I'll read it. Wanna love to hear your feedback. Subscribe, share, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again. All that lovely noise. Please do all that. Let the people know how important. It is that they're listening to the World's Greatest Podcast. Because y'all should be talking about this. After this drops, y'all should be talking about it all day. Until the next one. That's what should be happening. Okay? Okay, Cupcake? Uh, you can find Hyphenation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, tu- uh, Tuned In, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, um, Stitcher. Did I say Stitcher? Wherever, pi- wherever podcasts are sold, you should be able to find it. Um, it's on Anchor, powered by Anchor. If for some reason you can't find Hyphen Nation or another one of your favorite Hyphen Podcast group shows, please let me know so I can rectify that. Because we don't want to shortchange you just because you like a certain app. That's ridiculous. Please and thank you. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. That's right. You got to do you. It's very important. Words of wisdom for the day. Some things that are said in jest sometimes mean the truth. And 
even though you may be repeating something over and over and over because you think it's funny in your own head, it kind of sounds like that's what you really feel. And, you know, people will start thinking something is wrong if you constantly go to the same well, well, well over and over about, oh, this is what's bothering me. This is what's bothering me. Some point, somebody's going to look at you and be like, is that really bothering you? Do you need to talk about it? What's up? Why do you feel this way? Kind of like that thing about a sober, a drunk a drunk mind is a sober heart or something like that. Just because you think it's funny or you think you're playing, a, you're doing a bit maybe, maybe take a step back and think to yourself, do I really feel this way? Because uh, you're making other people think that you feel that way. You know, stop, stop trying to be thinking you're funny and think about what you're saying and why you're saying it. If you really think it's funny and you just don't get it you don't get it that happens too but that's my words of wisdom for today okay uh, call your mom call your dad call your sister call your brother call your godfather call your godmother call your aunt call your sister um hug your kids kiss your kids tell them how much they mean to you tell you how important they are tell them how proud of them you are uh, send a letter, send an email, send a telegram, write a Facebook post, send a DM, send a um, postcard. Do all those things. Let people know while, how much they mean to you while they're still here. Give people their flowers while they're still here because you never know when it's their time to go. Okay, Cupcake. Hyphen Nation brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective, bringing great podcasts to the people hyphenpodcastgroup.com and themarkrob.wordpress.com written by my semi-regular co-host Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson lots of great writing that you can check out on there like I've told y'all before check out my guy he'll be back soon apologies to Markel Fulcher still trash thank you for taking this time to listen to me talk about Boys the Men 2 and TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool on both of their 25th anniversaries. Really cool thing. Got to play some music, you know, reminisce and do some bad singing. So hopefully you enjoyed the ride. Second recommendation, obviously. TLC, Crazy Sexy Cool. Go cop that. Go listen to it right now on streaming. See what I mean. Same with Boys and Men too. You won't be disappointed. Peak powers of both groups. Solid outings. Classic albums, in my opinion. Um, and the albums that shaped who I am as a music lover and as a music creator at times when I do that kind of stuff. I wrote I wrote a verse and a hook, by the way. And I almost have a second verse done too. That's all I got to say about that. Um, again, guys, I appreciate each and every one of y'all that listen to me. Every play means so much to me. Because like I was saying to uh, saying to Maps the other day, man, I was like, if I wanted to do a podcast and not be listened to, I could just talk to myself in my head. Done. Easy. World's greatest podcast in my head 24-7. I share it with the people and I want the people to hear it, man. So without further ado, thanks, y'all.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid an exposure.